Welcome back to the Arca Speak podcast. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And this episode, we are doing another Arca Speak University, this time on yes. new trends in custom residential. And these are very custom residential, I would say. The, yes, the, the, the guy we're speaking with in this episode is at the height of custom residential, I would say. I would say that he's at the tip top. He doesn't have the average client mm-hmm. um, with the average client budget. So uh, he gets to field a lot of crazy requests and fulfill all sorts of crazy dreams. Yeah, and I think what's so interesting about this is that this is an opportunity that any architect could get into, but yeah. it's a different mindset. And Danny Wang, who is our guest on this episode, is a designer and a builder, so he's definitely coming at it with a end-to-end approach, right? He's, yeah. It's a, a yeah. turnkey service and product, but at the same time... He's built an audience on social media, and his clientele comes from that. And he plays that game really, really well. And I think that's what is a little bit different about his approach is he's not approaching this as a traditional design build or a traditional architectural design service. It's really a modern one, and I think that's what makes it unique. Yeah. It was a good conversation. I mean, they were definitely times where he was telling stories that were slightly jaw-dropping because we all wish we had those clients and he's got them yeah and and he has them from a very grounded place like he doesn't come at it from an egotistical place at all it's very right, much like right, right. I, there's a lot of responsibility involved in this as well yeah and, oh, absolutely. and I, some of the takeaways toward the end of the conversation i think are really solid and apply to people who are interested in this different kind of approach because it's really yeah. about responsibility and ownership over the process. Uh, one of the, one of his favorite things that he said that I clued into was how it's our job to worry about all of this stuff uh, when it comes to right. making these projects happen. And he tells the client that, like, that's what you pay me for. You pay me to take care of that stuff. You pay me to worry about that stuff because he is ultimately the one who is delivering the project. Right. And if we only could have clients like that on the uh, larger commercial side of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's give people a little bit of a of a foreshadowing here. Some of the projects that he talks about, residential projects here, are in the tens of millions of dollars. And I don't yes. want to give the numbers yet because he gives them in this episode. So I want to tease it a little bit here. And and again, I think this is it within reach if you want to play a completely different game than what yeah. I think traditional architects are trained to do, which is much more of a traditional service industry. And though we really didn't talk about it a lot with Danny, one of the things that we could obviously do another show about is have him come back and talk about how he leveraged social media as a marketing and business development tool. Because he's leveraged it to a point where he's got, you know, a million Instagram followers. He's got a very vibrant YouTube channel. TikTok. I mean, it, people follow for progress of some of these projects. And, and and he gets real true marketing out of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's the game that I'm talking about that he's playing that I think a lot of architects aren't playing. And so right. Right. He, out of a million followers, how many clients do you need with those big, big, big budgets. 
just a couple, right? right? And I think he alludes to that in this conversation. And those lead to other people with budgets like that. So it is a it is a really interesting conversation. There's a lot of fun stuff that we talk about that Danny's doing. And there's a lot of really interesting kind of trends in residential that you might hear about in this conversation. Mm. You ready to jump into it? Let's. Well, Danny, welcome to the ArcSpeak podcast. It's great to have you here. Great, great to be here today. It's going to be a fun conversation because of the work that you're doing. And maybe you can tell everybody who's listening about what you're doing. So I'm a design build firm. We design all over the world. And now we build in mostly Southern California. We try to do fun and crazy things all over the world. Nice. So give an idea of what those fun and crazy things are. I mean, the the focus of this episode is really around residential mm-hmm. projects indoor outdoor kind of blending of living space and and the, the work that you're really specializing in but but give us a flavor of what of what that is when it comes to the work that you're specifically doing so you know we're kind of now known for just doing really extravagant outdoor indoor projects usually people come to me to think of you know super crazy ideas so that's kind of what I do now I just come up with a come up with really crazy things to, to to design and then create how to build them. So kind of live in the dream. Everybody's um, always looking for that uh <laughs> that client to come to us and say, you know what, a yeah. kind of wild and crazy idea. Yeah. So that's I mean, it's co- definitely comes with a lot of challenges. Um, it's not easy, but it's very rewarding. So when they when they come to you, do they have kind of like a an inkling of an idea, and then you just have to kind of pull it out of them? Or is it a very symbiotic relationship where you kind of just work through the flow of like, you know, what is right and also what is constructible? Yeah. Or do you even worry about that? No, of course. Uh, I think nowadays we kind of build ourselves reputation on social media. So a lot of them, they'll let me, you know, they'll let me do what I, I want to do or I can show, or I show them what I want to do, right? So mm-hmm. I have a lot of creative freedom in that aspect. So it's more of this is what I want and then you know, they'll give me a checklist and I have to go and, you know, wow them. Yeah. Give yeah. some ideas of what those kinds of things are. Or maybe, maybe let's start off with just like, what has surprised you when, when it's like, I would have never seen that coming kind of a thing. Because I think the things that I've seen in your social media feed is like, they're, they're extravagant. They're, they're yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't imagine that, that you've always been able to list out what the standard list of things it's, it's got to be something where it's like whoa i didn't see that coming for the clients or for me yeah yeah from the or clients both. oh well let's yeah. do both yeah, yeah. let's so, do clients yeah, first I was say, and we'll then do let's both. do you um <laughs> so let's say today i just had a meeting off uh, it's a probably gonna be like 40 50 million dollar project it's a really small space but we're doing a pool that's over their basement like home theater gaming area uh, and then we thought we talked about putting acrylic windows from the pool, so you could you know you could see below, and also from below you could see above. And mm. one of those windows lo- is located where the jacuzzi is, and because water is a very good transducer of light, so mm-hmm. I said this one job that I designed where I used the acrylic on the ceiling and the water above, I used it as a chandelier because you could mm. change the color. Yes. You can, it lets light through and you can see the really nice glimmering. So that was, mm-hmm. you know, that's pretty crazy, right? <laughs> it's just, yeah. 
Not everybody has a you know a, a jacuzzi as a chandelier, right? So let me ask: when you have that kind of a project where、mm-hmm. it's this basically an aquatic space above a an occupied space, are you doing both of the spaces so that you're basically building it? It's not, I guess. So I've got my little project manager mind kind of rolling,、yeah. and it's just like, please tell me that this isn't an existing space that he's going to have to come back in and rip a bunch of stuff out and build a bunch of stuff over、mm-hmm. it. That he's going to have the opportunity to do it all at one time. Yeah. So we we have、uh, most of these are brand new built, so we're able to do it all、awesome. at once. Yeah. <laughs> But still, it's uh, it's challenging, but it's fun. I'm doing a couple of those right now. Another one, they got kind of like an indoor tennis court.、Nice. So that one, the the architect and the client brought to me. I was like, oh wow, I've never seen. I mean, indoor tennis court <laughs> is pretty impressive,、mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, yeah. And、okay. then we're putting a koi pond on top as an entry. <laughs> wow, entry. <laughs> yeah. So as you as you walk in from the garage, you're walking over this koi pond, and then underneath the koi pond, it's a tennis court. So, so that's kind of a soothing way to get ready for the match. I mean, it's kind of like calming well, I mean, for that. Just, you know, <laughs> it's pretty impressive that people have because I mean, I've seen indoor basketball courts, I've seen indoor right, you know gun、right. range and things, but indoor basketball, indoor tennis court is pretty like wow. That's、uh, you know, and then on top of it, have a koi pond on top. How has your business grown from? I'm kind of assuming, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong. It was、yeah. it was more conventional, kind of creative spaces, but a little more conventional. To as you started to explore a little bit, and、mm-hmm. you started to get a little bit more adventurous, that people are like, "This guy can do it." Yeah, yeah. And then you've just gotten. Am I assuming that just grew from? They're like, "Let's get this. Let's test how crazy we can get." Yeah. So I mean, I think a lot that I have to do my that has to do with my background. So I started out. As a contractor, I I didn't know I could design, right? So I never even dabbled <laughs> into designing. And then ten years in in my contractor career, what happened was I started using three D programs, and a couple of my designers were so they were so busy that I had this project that I really had to get done. So I started playing with it, dabbling with it, and started creating those ideas in my in in the, in the program. And more and more, I did that. It kind of allowed me to say, well. What if I did this, right? Like, what if I kind of express, you know, like what I could do, right? So with the three D program, I was able to do a lot of that, and then I was also very busy at the time. So I said, okay, you know what? I want to suggest this crazy idea to a client, right? The crazier, the better, right? Because if I if I don't、yeah. get the job, then I don't really care. And、mm-hmm. what happened was the more I explore. Is well receptive by the client because they're like, "Oh, that's、hmm. a fresh idea, right?" Because one of those first ones were I wanted to put this tea garden inside a pond. So I did that. I did kind of like a sunken tea bar, tea garden. You're kind of sitting there, surrounded by water, and then over there by the water, we had this like floating, not not floating, but over there by the water, we had this like Zen garden, and、mm-hmm. we had this.、Hmm. On the other side, we had this outdoor cooking area because the client owned the restaurant. He he was in the restaurant business. So I was like, okay, let me create something that's really wow outdoor environment, because most of the restaurants are kind of indoor. This one was kind of unique because then let me create a really nice outdoor experience. So we had, you know, teppanyaki bar, and behind it there's water wall, and then we had this sunken seating tea area where you could have afternoon tea. So that was more and more after that, and just like, okay, you know what?、Uh, seems like what I have to offer people is people like it, right? And they're willing to spend more、mm-hmm. money on it. Uh, what happens if I go crazier and crazier and crazier and crazier? Right, so it just kind of 
like what we'll call imagine today, right? Yeah. I think what's interesting about that strategy, I mean, I don't, it sounds like you, you, you didn't really plan that strategy no. out, but it happened and yeah. it proved itself. And then you yeah. took it to the next level and yeah. it proved it and you took it to the next level. So it's been this iterative yeah. building uh, thing I, over time. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting to me about that is there's so many people in business who double down on just what they're good at, becoming more and more efficient yep. and offering that very specific service. Yep. What you're talking about is something completely different than that. And you were pushing yourself, you're pushing what you're capable of designing, you're pushing what you're yep. capable of building. And at the same time, you have to deliver it, right? So yeah. you're you're putting something, you know, some kind of boundary on this right, to just right. yeah. know that you can perform it. But I mean, talk us through that because I think that's super interesting. A lot of architects who listen have pigeonholed themselves into the kinds of services and designs that they offer. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a harsh word, but at the same time, like I, I can't think of anything better at the moment. So maybe talk about that because I'm sure that like this has been exciting for you. Like you said, it's still difficult mm-hmm. to, these are difficult, challenging projects, yep. but I'm sure that's also part of why you're doing what you're doing. You like the challenge of it. Yeah, uh, and I think what's really nice about it is because I was a person that, also I work with tons of designers and I think where I could design literally comes from them, right? If I'm working with all the top designers and I'm kind of, it's like osmosis, right? Like if I'm the one that's mm-hmm, building all mm-hmm. of it, I kind of absorb right. a lot of it. So what's made it really successful is I knew how to build a lot of this crazy stuff already. So then right. it's just like, okay, let me, it's almost like I know how to build this. This is the limitation of what I could build. How quiet change it right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a lot of that is also because at that point i was pretty good as a builder already like people refer me pretty complex jobs so i already had the reputation of doing pretty complex project and you earned the client's trust already because i built projects for them so mm-hmm. that was very that was a pretty simple transition because i already had proven myself as a builder and now we're just adding my own flavor to it. Mm-hmm. So that that was actually not as difficult as, you know, let's say if I just started out and I didn't know how to do anything. Have you, through this process, let's call it a journey, as a builder to a design builder, mm-hmm. have you kind of been able to not only just push what you are learning and and now kind of like excelling at the the design aspect of things, but it's even pushing what you can build. And now you're like, okay, ten years ago I might have only been able to build this, mm-hmm. but now you know the you know trial and error and everything else, and, and just being able to to kind of use the design build aspect as yeah. a proving ground. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you've grown to be able to say, oh, I didn't know steel could do that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and this is where social media is great, right? So now we kind of build a reputation. There's clients that come to us and say, okay, this is what, you know, go push the limit, right? So now there's the money's right. there. Now you start to come up with the idea. So that's mm-hmm. really what's helped a lot is also because let's say I'm building a $1.5 million pool, right? The client mm-hmm. wanted me to go build a million, $1.5 million pool, right? It's, you it wasn't like convince them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't have to convince them. It's just <laughs> yeah. say, hey, here, I want to go build the craziest thing that you could think of. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, I could think of, you know, this, 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 right? And whether you like it or you're crazier, you know, I could always go crazier. Um, yeah, so it's just, I think that's what is good about 
doing that is and it's executable, right? I think that's one of the things that as an architect or designer, right? Like when you design something that's super crazy, you'll know if it's going to get built, right? Because of cost, because of right. engineering. So when right. we go through this process, we already eliminate a lot of that, right? So that mm-hmm. saves that, that actually saves a lot of time. I think that's why we're able right. to do so much because there's a lot less back and forth. It's like, okay, let me come with this idea. Okay, it's going to be a million dollars. That's, you know, and then it's like, oh, that's 10 times over my budget. Uh, let's value engineer it. And then let's, uh, that's still 10 times, you know, five times over my budget. Let's go do this, right? <laughs> so versus right, be- in the right. beginning, we just said, okay, let's come up with this. This is probably going to be half a million to a million. I don't know the exact number yet, but is that within your comfort zone of spending, right? And if it mm-hmm. is, then okay, mm-hmm. we move forward. Let's get engineer. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. So we're spending a lot of time not doing that and we're spending a lot more time into okay let's just how to build this project because the you know the pricing is correct i'll give you a range we know how to build this uh the design you like so that's really saves a lot back and forth between and also because it's all in-house right it's all in-house it's right. not like oh let me go talk to architect let me call to engineer let me call to contractor let me go talk to you know whoever else is involved in the project so that's really where i think it has benefited us because you know, let's say I'm designing something, I'm pretty confident that we're going to build it, right? And mm-hmm. whether that costs, and I already told you the range. So the likelihood of closing that deal is pretty high because I already, I already explained all the unknowns, right? And now right. it's just doing it. So that's, yeah. that's I think, one difference between a lot of my competitors and, and myself is just usually you don't have someone that's that could do that and going back and forth, yeah. back and forth, back and forth. And there's limitations, there's unknowns. It just, you know, it takes a lot longer. Yeah. Full service. It, it, one of the ideas yeah. of that, that where architecture as an architect only just providing that yep. service is that that process is quote unquote wasteful. And I think a, a lot of architects might have an allergy to me saying that because yeah. it's what they do. It's what we do as architects, yeah, but I, at the I, same I time, it's, 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 I well, don't it's, think it's wasteful. It, yeah. People buy the project. That's what your clients ultimately want. And and it's a necessary waste that ha- because it is the design process that mm-hmm. that takes the ideas and 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 synthesizes the synthesizes them into reality. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like nobody's buying a set of plans. They want to buy they want the final thing, right? And so yeah, right. the re- you know this this idea of you eliminating steps along the way because you do it all in house, I think is just an it's an interesting thing for people to hear because mm-hmm. what you're talking about is by removing uncertainty along the way and yeah. reducing risk because you have answers mm-hmm. is something that clients find desirable in the yeah. process and that they I normally s- don't like about the process with yeah. working with architects and then moving it on handing it off to a contractor. For, yeah, I for mean example. I I got in trouble for saying this and one of my previous podcast and I got I got a lot of heat you know <laughs> most of my clients they don't want to be part of the we call it the sausage making right they, yeah. they just want a, they want to spend a lot of money and then they want to finish project beautifully like they don't want me to bother them with it they don't want me to say hey we have this issue today or I don't know how to do this right they don't they don't have time for that right and they they're mm-hmm. most of them they're not they don't have the time to be also involved in my projects because they're making, you know, they're busy making money. So it's almost like I kind of attribute this also to because a lot of my clients run really large businesses and they trust the people, they delegate 
these priorities to the people that they work on that work on their own. So right. th- that's really helpful because then they know that they don't need to get in your way, right? Yeah. You hire a good person, you let them do your thing. Uh, I have some clients, you know, I don't talk to for, you know, six months, right? So it just, it just, you know, th- yeah. that, well, that's, that's we, helpful. Yeah. We tend to not really have necessarily that luxury, yeah. whereas we've got clients who really want to kind of get their hands into the mix of everything. Yeah. yeah. And so it's actually kind of, you know, rewarding to do yeah. a design build type project like that. That's a little bit more hands off. Yeah. They know what they want. Yeah. They know that you can deliver it. Yep. And you're able to just basically kind of step back and say, let me do what I know what to yeah. do. And you know? if they really want to be involved, then they should go hire someone else, right? Yeah, because then I can't do Or it. even if they do want you involved, I mean, they're going to know where the limits are yeah. of what they can and can't yeah. do. And then I think this is where press and past projects and things like that, it's just like, hey, these projects all want a lot of words, uh, feature on magazine covers, right? If you want to get involved, it's not going to be any of that. <laughs> so hmm. it's not going to be on the cover. <laughs> it's not going to be on, right? Because right, how, unless it's just, uh, but again, at the end of the day, they're my clients. So what we do need to do is we need to take in what they want. But then after I get the list of what they want, let me go create, you know, that's why you hired yeah. me. Go, Let me go do my yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love we, that. Uh, I, yeah. I, I love that because it's like, like uh, I think there's a lot of people out there who want to tell that to their clients, but yeah, I yeah. Just, yeah. Want, you just have to have just, you, know, you, just get, you have to be <laughs> yeah. bold, right? You just you have to say, well, "Hey, I'm willing to not." Uh, and I think that's really what helped us is just you know saying no to. I say no to probably 99 percent of people that call me, right? It's just okay, mm, you know, mm. the start doesn't align, the price is not right, the project's not impressive, so whatever, right? But you gotta stick to your gun. Mm. Say, okay, this is what I do. If you're gonna let me do my thing, then. I need to be in charge, and this is why you're paying me, right? If you want to be involved, you should just go do your own design, and then hire your own contractor, and you know, go that do that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, well, I, I appreciate you giving us a taste of all that, and I'm sure we'll get into a few more mm-hmm. specifics as we go through this. But I, I'm interested to hear from you from kind of this um, educational perspective of this mm-hmm. episode. If you could talk about the transition of, and, and I, I'm making an assumption here, that yeah. through the time you've been doing design build, that projects were indoor plus outdoor, mm-hmm. and now we're seeing a more integrated. merging of indoor yeah. and outdoor integrated. Yeah. And and so the idea of, of that and where you're doing your projects, I'm sure has quite a bit to do with that. But now you said you're, you're working internationally. And so I, and maybe there's some new challenges in that regard. But can you kind of talk about that transition that you've seen happen over the last few years? Because I think COVID yeah. was a real big driver. Yeah. For so that. I think that was, uh, obviously, we're doing outdoor living before. But yeah, so I first started doing indoors. And then I got kind of bored. And then I started doing yeah. outdoors. And then what, what started happening was I was doing outdoors for my clients. And they're like, well, you did my outdoors, but now my indoor doesn't match or it looks, you know, doesn't look that nice, right? So then it's like, okay, let's, good. Yeah. let's go indoors, right? <laughs> and and that's kind of how I, I always tell people how I design space. Uh, I think that's just more like a personal philosophy. I designed the outdoor space to blend in with the indoor space because especially lately with all the big windows and doors that could open in and out, mm. I treat that as all one aesthetics. So mm. I mm-hmm. particularly do not like where your outside looks completely different than your inside, 
even the materials, mm-hmm. everything, I like it to blend seamlessly. Because once you open mm-hmm. those doors, you want it to feel like it's natural, right? You don't want it to be where your eye could s- distinguish, oh, this is clearly outside, right? And this mm-hmm. is inside. So even like tiles, we'll use indoor tiles, same pattern, and then we use the outdoor one, the same pattern. And a lot of nice things, a lot of manufacturers are, are into that now. So they'll make tiles that could be used outside also for inside. So you just kind of, everything's seamless. Um, and I always say the ability to do that, you literally double your space, right? Because now you have outdoor space, especially where, where we're at in Southern California. It's, you know, mm-hmm. open the doors, go outside, right? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So that's so yeah, talk about COVID. that. Talk about why so many people have shifted outside. Is it? Is it? Do you really feel like it was because people f- were feeling stuck inside, and that really drove a shift to the outside, or do you think it was more about getting more for their money with the real estate that they have, kind of a thing? Yeah, Maybe think, it's a I little think, bit of it, of both. Yeah, I think all of the above, right? You have okay for period of time where you you don't go outside, uh, you could work from home, right? You could. Also, yeah, real estate price went up, right? And I think people realize, you know, during the pandemics, people realize, hey, a lot of their personal well-being is important, right? It's just like, okay, I could make all this money and die tomorrow, right? Or I I used to spend one hour or two hours commuting, but now I have all this extra free time. I should take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And then now you're spending more time with your family, your, you know, yourself. Just a lot more time is discovered and I also attribute that most people before they spend a lot of time outside the house so they actually never realize how nice their house could be right they might have a fancy office they might have this and that it's like well how come my house doesn't has none of that right (laughs) so so just I think that just kind of it's it's like a clash of you know it's kind of like the perfect trifecta like the perfect storm where it's like okay hey now we're promoting outdoor we're probably staying home. You could work from home. You could do this and that. You don't have to commute. You have extra time. All that stuff, you know, kind of just pushed forward this outdoor, indoor living for the last couple of years. So what are some of the uh, attributes of the outdoor space that you've seen kind of escalate? And I don't know if it was maybe a shift from, okay, now I'm going to be spending a lot more time, like say during the pandemic, I'm going to be spending a lot more time at home. Were they asking for more things that weren't really giving them beforehand because it just wasn't of interest to them? Yeah. Um, so one big push is more more room. So we're doing a lot more room additions, pool houses, uh, ADUs, additional dwelling units. The idea of utilizing the space that you have more effectively because you're spending more time there, your awareness of it is just yeah. such expanded, right? And all of a sudden it's like, you realize you don't have all those amenities there because you've been going out to do all that stuff. So bringing nice, that right? on to, yeah, right. right. I mean, and, and right. so can you talk about like some of the types of amenities that you're, you, you've mentioned a few of them, but, but even more specifically, are we talking about like ice plunge pools and are we talking about saunas and we're like, give, give a rundown, like a laundry list of the kinds of things you're talking about. Basketball court, pickleball court, combo, uh, ice plunge, sauna, steam room, those also picked up a lot. Uh, of course, outdoor kitchen, you know, outdoor heating, all that yeah, picked up yeah. quite a bit as well. And then swimming pool, just outdoor living. Does, does uh, swimming pool so, somewhat, and uh, I say this somewhat tongue-in-cheek because I've saw, seen your portfolio and, I've, and when I say this, 
people need to go and, and take a look at your website and some of the extremely amazing pools that you've done. But do pools seem almost pedestrian in comparison to some of the other crazy asks that you've been getting? And, and again, I say that because you've got some pretty awesome pools you've done. <laughs> yeah. No, so I think we, we also integrate that, right? So this morning I was at a project walk. Uh, we're doing this really crazy project right now. You start incorporating different elements inside the pool. So, you know, now my mm-hmm. pools have sunken bar, you know, sunken seating, you know, sunken spa, right? Slide, lazy river, right? So then at the pool, you're building, it's almost like a canvas, and then you're plugging all these <laughs> spaces in, in the pool right, 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 right. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's just gets crazier and crazier, right? I mean. Have you done a, a, a swim out summer kitchen yet or, or outdoor kitchen yet? Yeah. All <laughs> right. <laughs> What? <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean, I kind of figured that that would be something that would they they would ask, and I'm well, pretty sure Danny uh, might have done it. <laughs> okay, so so the, I'm throwing up my hands here because uh, this is not my reality. This is not my lived reality. But Danny, like you've done these, well, but you've done these projects, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and and like we alluded to earlier, because you've done these things you take the risk factor way down for somebody to say, yes, let's do that. And and I yeah, think yeah. that's what's so interesting about the like looking back and seeing the progression of what you've done over time and how it has escalated because you are able to say, oh, we do this. This is what we do. Instead yeah, yeah, of somebody yeah. like me saying, like, oh, no, I've never done that. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea how much that costs. I have no idea how hard it is. I And, and, and I, I'm building uh, outs into the conversation for somebody to say no so that we don't have to do that. But you're like, bring it on. I think that's such an interesting like differentiation. Yes, and I think earlier in my career, that is what differentiated us because no one else mm-hmm. wanted to do it. You know, yeah. everybody, all the contractor wanted to go the safe route. I mean, for what we do is, is I, I feel it's pretty safe, right? But it just, you know, they, what, what, they're not comfortable taking that kind of risk. Yeah. Is it safe only because you're adventurous enough as it is that you don't say no because, you know, like, you know, what's the point of doing it if you, if it's reserved and conservative and all this other stuff, you, you know, kind of just want to keep driving that, um, you know, that adventurous design. Yeah, I think a lot of it is driven by the the contractor, right? Also, the because right. the designers are usually pretty crazy. They're like, I want, I want everything, right? But usually, it's the contractors like, yeah. no, 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 you can't do this, you can't do that, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> so we've had, we've had our heart removed, we've had our heart pulled out a few times when somebody says, "Oh, you can't do that." <laughs> I don't think it's the architect or designer's problem, right? It's the person that's building it. Right? right, because ultimately, I I I see why, right? Because they're they're on the hook for this, yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. But for me, it's just you know building something complex. It's you know once we visualize it, it's not that hard, right? I mean, right. you have enough resources, you have the engineers, you have the people that you're working with. Um, it's challenging, but it's doable. So is it really about a mindset there, do you think then? Because like you're saying, no, it's it's doable. And that's what I'm wondering is because I think there's a lot of ways that I see this manifest in the AEC industry, which is yeah, this is the way we've always done it, or this is how we're going to do it, or we can do that, or we can't do that. And then more often it's right. the can't part. And I think it's interesting because you're saying, no, it's like, it's not that hard. And I, And I've been hearing, I hear other people who are very successful in what they do 
repeating that kind of a, a you know that that's their their feeling about it too. It's like no, we'll figure it out, or it's not oh, yeah. that hard. Uh, so I think let, let me let me take take a step back. So I think it's actually not the contractor's fault, right? Because some of these things that I've never done before, right? I'm like I don't know what's going to cost. But I go to my client and I say, hey, I don't know what it's going to cost, right? I could kind of guess what it's going to cost. Are you willing to go on this adventure with me? <laughs> and <laughs> right, right, right. Are. sometimes there aren't, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's also what, one thing that funds it because they're willing to fund that unknown, mm-hmm. right? Where right. most people, it's just like, no, I don't feel comfortable, you know, spending a million dollars on something like this. Right, right. right. So. So do most of your clients come with that adventurous spirit? Not all of them, but the ones that we do take on, they, they understand that, hey, it's going to be one of a kind. And, right. you know, those, right. and, those, and those, those are usually the people that have enough money to do these kind of things, right? It's just like, I want something that no one else has, never seen before. I don't care what it costs because I trust that it's, you're going to make it one of a kind. Well, I was, I was more... Like the clients that you do take on and the, that go along with this ride with you, they've got to have some sense of adventurous spirit regardless because they know, I mean, if if they're going to go on this ride with you, they know, you know, what to expect. They know what you're going to pop into the uh, tape player and and turn those jams up because they just know. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's those people that we're... <laughs> I would say we're always looking for those kind of like adventure spirit ones, but then they're like, "Oh wait, it's going to cost how much?" Okay, um, can you pull over and I'll, I'll jump out here. Yeah, and if they jump out, they jump out, right? But exactly. The nice thing is, you know, you get enough people to do it, and yeah. and this is, I mean, we could probably use this for a quote, just in case I get famous. <laughs> when when the client says, "Hey, it's going to be a lot of headache," and this is what I tell them, "Hey." You pay me to handle all those headaches, right? That's my job, right? Your right. job is to sit there and enjoy the end product. So yes, yeah, so of course there's gonna be a lot of headaches, but that's what I get paid for, right? Like right. I'm gonna do right. deal with all those headaches, right? <laughs> right. You sit there and enjoy the ride, right? <laughs> like exactly. make it as smooth, you know, it's like flying an airplane. I'll take you to the destination. I'll make sure what's of course it's gonna be bumpy, but yeah, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll get you there. So that's something that I think really helps. It just I try to make it as easy as possible for, for the end user. Mm-hmm. And that way they could focus on doing what they do best, right? You know, go make extra money or go do this right, or right. Do that, right? So, yeah, so I think that's really where a big difference is. Because some people like to make it, of course, yeah, I'm building a big, difficult project, right? Don't add to the stress, right? Like, Right, right. I think it's like a personality thing. I'm pretty calm. So, okay, yes, it's going to be difficult. We're going to have, you know, hundreds of problems. I got this, right? You yeah. know, that's why I get paid. Yeah. Some yeah, people yeah. will be like, oh, it's going to have hundreds of problems. I mean, you guys probably deal with contractors. Oh, it's going to have all sorts of issues. It's like, well, yeah. isn't that what you're there for? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're getting paid yeah. to handle all this issue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't bring that back on me, right? It's like, okay. <laughs> you know. So I think that's, yeah, it's a mindset thing. It's okay, yes, we're going to have infinite amount of problems, right? Okay, that's, you know, that's 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 a given. That's normal. But yeah. <laughs> we're going to handle it, right? right? I'll take care of yeah. it. You know, that's my job. We're going to problem solve. We're going to go through whoever we need to go through to get this solved, right? So it's just anything is possible if we have enough resources. And most of our clients do. So that's mm-hmm. why 
it becomes a lot easier because then it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how I'm going to build that or how much it's going to cost to build that, but we'll get it built. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I think that is a great attitude. And I, I keep thinking of this as you're talking about this kind of, we've talked about it already, right? But this this mentality, this this attitude about being up for the challenge. This is an adventure. There are unknowns. There are risks. I will do everything I can to mitigate those risks. I'm the professional. You pay me to do this. I, this is my expertise. And I'm going to take the headaches away. All of those things kind of play into this psychological behavior of what it takes to be successful, but also for them to feel at ease to go along this journey with you because it is a multi-year, very expensive project and you want them to be happy with it, right? Like that that's the ultimate goal yeah. is that they get to enjoy it as soon as possible and, and all of that has to play together. Yeah, and I always allude to this is just when I'm interviewing clients, it's almost like marriage, right? We're going to be together through ups and downs. You guys, there's going to be some times you're super angry at me. There's going to be times where you're super happy, right? You just got to go the ups, ups and downs together. And at the end of it, you'll have a beautiful journey, right? So yeah. it just, yeah. it's life, right? And yeah. I think for someone to do all that, you also have to be willing to take all the responsibility, right? Because typically when I used to work for designers, subcontractors, you know, all that kind of stuff, Everybody points a finger at someone, right? With this, it's just you going in. It's it's only gonna be my fault, right? <laughs> that doesn't work out. <laughs> but you it's also your reward. Through. Yeah, yeah. So you have to go in and say risk and reward. Yeah, yeah. You have to go in and say, okay, you know, I'm gonna get blamed for everything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my responsibility mm-hmm. for everything, no matter what, designer, builder, yeah, yeah. whatever. It's all my fault. So I think that's something that not everybody's willing to take on, right? Because there, are, right, a lot right. of people are always like, "Oh, it's the architect's fault, it's the designer's fault, it's this person's fault, it's that person's fault." For us, right? It's all my fault. There's no one else. I'm going yeah. to take all yeah. the all the risk, all the things that's going to happen, and whoever messes up under my watch is me, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. I'm the only person to blame. So also, yeah. I think that's. In a, in a sense, a good thing too, because everybody that's been in this kind of building experience, they're so they're used to someone blaming someone else, right? It's like, oh, I, I can't do this because that person. Yeah, I can't do that yeah. because yeah. that person, right? So uh, there's too many restraints. It's like, okay, let me clear all the restraints and right. burden that to myself, right? If anything yeah. happens, it's only gonna be my fault, right? I, either I didn't manage this yeah. person correctly, or this messed up, or that messed up. I had to step up to a plate and address it and handle it. So I think that's something that not everybody's willing to do because it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely a lot. But at the end of the day, when you can walk out to your finished creation, take that deep, you know, deep breath and just look at what you've created and said, yeah, it was worth the risk. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you get compensated well for that. Yeah. So I think it's just, I think, again, it always goes back to mindset, right? It's just, uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be responsible. And you know, there's no one else but me to blame. You mentioned a couple of different product categories. And when we're talking about blending indoor to outdoor, can you just throw out some other things where you've really seen substantial advancements in the last few years in those categories that you might bring up? I mean, we're talking about indoor-outdoor spaces, so we're talking about maintenance, we're talking about glass, we're talking about cleaning things, you know, and th- there's got to be a few things out there that you've really seen some incredible 
new opportunities in design show up because there's been innovation or neat ideas happening with building products as well? Well, one of the things that's really changed a lot since probably, let's say, five years ago is now they're making porcelain tiles so durable, so realistic looking and indestructible. That has kind of been my go-to versus using you know, natural stone, using mm-hmm. this, using that, right? Because it's now when you put them side by side, you can't really tell a difference. It's incredible. Yeah. With porcelain right. tile, That's and you could print textures, you could have right. tie slip, you could yeah. do this and that. Um, so that's one. Uh, outdoor heating, smart homes, uh, integration of smart home outside. One of the things that we're personally doing into and I'm building a showroom for is a outdoor heating. You know, that's that's kind of gone a lot in advancement. Uh, in what ways? Like, like, lay, like, what are the kinds of things that you're actually seeing happen in that category? Yeah, so aesthetics, right? One good example would be like the Romic outdoor heaters, right? They're very clean and sleek looking. And some of them, they have integrated with lights in them. So it just becomes more like functional than just having this thing with two red tubes across, right? Where the gas the heater, night. where it yeah. it's off, it's just like little flames. And thin profile, very sleek looking. So I think that's advancement in design where it's like, okay, hey, everybody designs this this way, but let me figure out how to design it that way and still get it to work. So that's been a very big change in we're doing that a lot in, our, in my in my own showroom and my projects. Mm-hmm. Another one is audio, right? I just I just got a bunch of these speakers and they sound absolutely amazing out, outdoors uh, because now again people are demanding more of these amenities outside, right? It's like before we get away with those little sound sound speakers, but right. now it's like no, <laughs> yeah. I, I, want, yeah. I, want, I want to have a whole surround sound experience, right? Mm. Uh, outdoor TVs, uh, I'm. I'm hopefully doing some that are like 120, 130 inch TV that pops out of the ground, right? Mm. Before it was, that wasn't required, but now it's like, oh, I want to watch, I want to be able to watch movie while I'm swimming, right? But I think one of the things that's interesting about like all of the different products, the heating, the speakers, the TV, even with the tile, I mean, most of it is about being able to integrate it into the project without really seeing it there. Because we always had these challenges like, oh, we're not going to do heating because I don't want to see, you know, this big heating elements hovering over my head. So you've got this limitation. And so now things like heating, things like the speakers, you know, you're able to basically make them disappear and be top quality without really sacrificing your design. Yeah, I have not personally done one yet, but I've seen a couple and talked to a bunch of reps. It's the one that, you know, even like we're talking about swimming pool, right? The floor comes up and it makes it disappear, right? Mm-hmm. So that's something that yeah. we haven't done, but I would, I would love oh, that. Oh, I'm sure it it's on the long. horizon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, right, it's, it works for a set, certain location. Like mm-hmm. it's the, the right. one of their most popular locations, London, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. right, you have limited space. Yeah. So... Yeah. The pricing is not an issue, but you have the space constraint. So now they have right, basement right. pools where it's okay. You're not using it. Make it into a you know a, a deck or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something else. Yeah. So that's that's something that's been pretty cool. Um, yeah. So I think that that's that's just now this movement has kind of pushed people to say, hey, you know what? Uh, I I want the outdoor heater to look nice, right? I want the outdoor speakers to sound nice. I want this and that. Like just pushes the bars. Okay, traditionally we're only here 
for that because no one cared about the outdoors. But now right. they're like, okay, right. let's now there's you know I guess money in it. Let's make it you know, better. And also the competition's a lot less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you exactly. might have yeah. two or three companies doing outdoors outdoor speakers. You might have you know a hundred that's doing indoors. So again, mm-hmm. just differentiating himself and say, okay, hey, this is an outdoor opportunity. How do we make better things to serve that? You know? And it's yeah. challenging. I mean, make like I was playing with outdoor speaker, making outdoor speakers sound nice for outside is very challenging, right? It has to go through yeah. the weather, it has to go through this, it has to go through that. So, but some people, again, so they're very like-minded people. They like that kind of challenge. That sounds like the perfect place to wrap this up. And I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us and, and tell us about this today. No, no problem. It's always nice to share the journey and what we do. So, Well, we'll have links to where everybody can find your site, your Instagram, in the show notes for this episode. But Danny Wang Design, right? That's the name of the company. Yeah. Danny Wang Design. That's, you know, you can find me. And then DannyWang.com. That's my website. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been a really fun conversation.